Vegas steps up and buries it. This will be a wonderful goal. You're listening to the ESPN Footy Podcast. Hello and welcome to the ESPN Footy Pod. We're back for another week. We have had our prelims. It is grand final time. The stage is set. It'll be Brisbane and Melbourne vying for the Season 7 Premiership Cup. It was two phenomenal prelims over the weekend. It's set to be a phenomenal grand final this upcoming weekend. So naturally there is plenty to talk about and we cannot wait to have a big old chat about it before we crack into all the goodness we want to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands we're recording on today the Wurundjeri and Bunurong people and pay our respects to their elders past and present for today's episode you have me Marissa Lodani and Sarah Burt like I said it was such an exhilarating weekend of footy it's I would argue even more so than the grand final, the real heartbreaking weekend in a season because you're so close to making that grand final, but you just miss that one step. And for the line, uh, for the Crows rather and North Melbourne, that's exactly what they experienced. So our prelim results were Brisbane defeating the Crows by 23 points and the D's beating North Melbourne by 17. So like I said, Two great games of footy, another great game of footy uh, coming up this weekend. But let's quickly review the prelims that we just saw. So the Lions and Crows up at Metricon. The Lions were just too good for the Crows. So, Sarah, what did you like from this game? What did you see? What, What did Brisbane do so well that got them this win in the end? I loved seeing Emily Bates back at her sparkling, shiny best. Um, She obviously won the best and fairest last year. And she's been good this year, but she hasn't been quite as dominant as she was. So it was really nice to see her sort of stand up when it really mattered. Um, I think they just worked really well together. Um, Yeah, I think it's. I'm obviously really excited because I've been um, tipping that they're going to be in the grand final and so I'm really excited that we've we've seen that come through because I think they really do deserve to be there um there's no other team um that deserves to be there more um than them facing Melbourne but yeah I love seeing M Bates um back to her shiny self and I think something that was really interesting to see was there was so much conversation around Chelsea Randall missing the um semi-final um but they still managed to make it through. And once they had her back, um, they still couldn't get the job done. So I think it's it's probably um, a good conversation to have that you can't rely just on one person. Obviously, they've got that finals experience. But I think we forget that the Lions have been in four grand finals. Well, this will be their fourth grand final now. And although they've only won one, uh, they've got that finals experience too. And they've probably got that same amount of hunger that Melbourne do. So I'm really looking forward to to what we see. But yeah, I think their midfield was really strong in particular and, of course, their defence. But I think um, they just came together as a whole team. They didn't rely on one person. I mean, as we said, M Bates had a great time, but so did Brie Conan. Like, there were so many that had sort of decent games rather than one star of the show, and I think that's what we really saw them pull through. So um, that's what I love to see. The Spark sisters obviously both had really great games. Um yeah, so I think we just saw the depth in their side, which we've seen the whole season, um, but particularly because injury wasn't really a huge factor for this game. Um, there was no major outs and neither side 
um, really had any changes, I don't think, from the last couple of weeks. So maybe they did have one or two, but um, there wasn't any huge movement. So um, I think it was really good for them. They tried and true. They did what they know. And, um, yeah, they pulled through in it. So I thought it was I thought it was really fantastic to see. And it was just clear that they were prepared. They knew what they were doing. Um, they went in with confidence. And I think that, um, yeah, it's probably the, the best result we could have hoped for. It, it really is. And I just think across every line for Brisbane, they showed not only do they have one superstar across every line, it's multiple superstars. It's players doing their role. It's if one person is a little bit flat, someone else is absolutely taking on that load. And it, like I said, it's not one area of the field that's really dominating or taking all of the plaudits every single line has its superstar so like you mentioned Brie Conan was absolutely bossing it down in defense M Bates was sensational through the middle and then it was take your pick in terms of up for Davidson Wardlaw and Hodder all scored two so it was just sensational everywhere for the Brisbane Lions and it's not surprising that the Crows just couldn't match that because even though the Adelaide Crows are a very very good football team Brisbane have just been better more consistently throughout the whole season. So it it didn't surprise me at all that this is the way things kind of panned out. Um, but, yeah, just Brisbane have been so impressive. We sound like real broken records, to be honest, because we've been kind of pumping up the, <laughs> the Brisbane train uh, for the whole season. But I suppose the flip side then, Adelaide will obviously be gutted to not be in another grand final. Uh, you know, they throw away that chance to have the very unique piece of history, which would have been two flags in a calendar year. Um, and obviously we should acknowledge as well that it was a very emotional game for a lot of the Crows players with uh, the news earlier in the week that their 2017 premiership teammate, uh, Heather Anderson, passed away. So there was lots going on you can imagine there's already nerves and all that kind of um pent-up emotion regarding the football but then there's also the layers of personal um emotion that all of the girls had to kind of process and carry and whatnot so how are you viewing Adelaide season is it a failure or is it where you kind of saw them ending up no I think it's a great I think they've had great success and um I think maybe the trap with teams like Adelaide is because we're so used to them winning the grand final is that we might be tempted to class it as a failure um and I hope they don't feel that way and they might because they are used to that ultimate success but they have had a really really successful year um obviously they've lost Erin Phillips and um I mean we know they have so much depth without her um so the fact that they've gone so far in that after losing sort of such a really strong figurehead um and again like Chelsea Randall I don't know what happens in finals but she, she just seems she seems to get herself into trouble during finals and they would have been stressed about that um onwards and upwards and as you say must have been a really traumatic week for them personally um and I think that yeah it was a total triumph that they were even able to get out there so um, I think it's good. I think it's time for them to to have a rest. And as as you said, they've already won a grand final this year. Like they <laughs> they've still got twenty twenty two premiers next to their name, whether it was this season or last. So no, I think it was a I think it's a successful season, and I think it's probably where we saw them ending up. Um, but it's just a case of 
Brisbane are just such a strong side. They're fit, they're healthy, they're looking really good. And I think it's probably, it's their turn to to have a go. I do think that. And they would have obviously been really hurting from the first season of 2022 where they suffered that prelim loss to Melbourne. So like we said, there's this hunger and this drive about the Lions. Um, And just finally on Adelaide, I just wanted to mention, like if Chelsea Randall already wasn't one of your favourite players, just everything she does endears her to me. So the fact that she was so open in showing her emotion when they had that minute silence for Heather, I just thought... How could you not love this? Just like, I don't want to say the perfect leader, but I really feel like she is just in the way she goes about her footy, the way she, you know, acts as a person, everything that she's done, all of her actions just scream leadership and genuineness. And from, you know, um, you know, the making the point to, you know, I can't play can't remember which grand final it was now but because of the concussion protocols and making sure like no you need to take your your head health seriously don't you know muck around with concussions to just being really open and showing emotion on the field I just love everything she does and I could gush about her for hours if I was allowed to but I'm not going to I just wanted to um make note of just what a brilliant person she shows us to be week in week out that was weirded worded weirdly but I hope you get what I mean in amongst that I just think Chelsea Randall very big fan of her work but obviously the Lions aren't the only team in this grand final they will take on the D's and it's kind of befitting in a weird sort of way that the D's were the team that knocked Brisbane out of the prelims in season six of this year so there's a there's a little bit of you know the history the narrative it's all coming together but the D's were excellent against North Melbourne, won by 17 points. I think uh, where I want to start was just Daisy Sealer at the end of the game. Just so good. Daisy, like, we're so lucky we get to watch her. She's such a good footballer. How did you see it? Did you just love it as much as I did? Oh, I was there on the boundary and it was just insane. It was one of those, as soon as it happened, everyone had the biggest smile on their face and we were all looking around knowing that it was the moment of the game. Um, something that I love about Daisy, and it's very similar to what you just said about Chelsea Randall, is that she is such a strong leader. And she she said today at a press conference that she hates the amount of attention people put on it being all about her because we do all build it up and we're doing it right now. Um, but she knows that it's a team effort. Um, so I think she, I, I do understand why all of that pressure and, all of that focus on her possibly annoys her, but it was it was just seemed so serendipitous. It was just so beautiful to have that moment. Um, I loved that. And then the other big moment, obviously, was Taylor Harris hurting herself. Um, she, <laughs> again, I was next to the interchange bench and she looked like she just wasn't going, it wasn't an option for her to stay off. So it'll be interesting in hindsight to see what happens in the off season if she has to get that shoulder fixed or or what the go is because um I think she's probably just so desperate to be playing in the final that I think she probably just would play through the pain um which it sounds like is what she did on Saturday um but yes I mean she played on they obviously moved her positionally um and moved Eden's anchor back up but um I think yeah it was um it was a concern because she, I mean, she didn't end up having a big game, um, but that was probably because they moved her 
they moved her positionally, but um, yeah, that that could have been a really big thread in the story. But she said today she's right to play. She's put her arms up and she's ready to rumble. So um, I think that was probably the other key moment in the game that um, that I wanted to talk about. But it seems like she's okay. So um, they're just going to push on with the narrative that they're all fit and healthy <laughs> and let her get out there. <laughs> I loved so much that she was just like, nah, guys, I'm fine. Look, I can lift both of my arms above my head. It just, it it seemed very, like, without knowing her personally, it seemed very Taylor Harris of her to do that and just be like, don't know what you guys are talking about. My shoulders are fine. So that one uh, gave me a good chuckle this afternoon. But it's, yeah, sim- maybe not as dominant as Brisbane's prelim, but Melbourne just know how to get it done and they know how to get it done across every line uh, on the park. So I'm really not surprised that ultimately we've ended up with the Brisbane and Melbourne grand final, but you can't say that North didn't throw everything at them in this game. So how gutted would you be if you're a North Melbourne player right now, knowing that that's how you performed on the weekend, but you're not getting ready for a grand final this weekend? Oh, I tipped North. I really thought that we were just going to see them come through. And as we say, they finished eight, but we've all discussed before that that's sort of just part of the fixturing. They, they deserve to be higher. And I think it's probably harder for them in a sense this loss because they really wanted to prove themselves and show that they they needed to finish higher up in the home and away fixtures, sorry, home and away ladder. So um, it was very, yeah, you would be gutted and it would have been such a fairytale finish if they, if they had got there. The other thing is though, we all know, and I know I just said that we understand that Daisy <laughs> doesn't want it all about her. It could be her last game. It likely Well, I don't know, likely will be because she's got this contract with Geelong for coaching and she's got two years until 2025. So she needs to start that next year or the year after. So if it's not her last game on Sunday, it'll be her last season next season. So um, I think everyone is so desperate to see her. But all of the girls, like you look at people like Kate Floor and Lily Miffin and Tyler Hanks, they've all been around for so long and they all really, really deserve to be in this. Um, and I know that they all were earlier in the year, but God, just to see them win a grand final would just absolutely be the cherry on top. So, um, yes, I think it's very heartbreaking for Nor because they've got a taste of that and it's the furthest they've ever gone. Um, but, um, yeah, I think probably the best team won on the day. They were just a bit more, Melbourne were just a bit more systematic in the way that they went about things, I think. Um, and North were probably playing with a little bit more emotion attached to it. I think Melbourne are very good at sort of compartmentalising things and even when you speak to them, they just say, we've got a job to do, we're focusing on this, Um, whereas North possibly it was just that that lack of experience side of things. Um, But you're right, they had a belter, and so it's sad that they didn't get a win because if they were playing any other team, they would have absolutely won. So um, it was a very good game and it was two very good good sides so yeah it's funny how in the Brisbane game that second quarter was what really set the Lions win in motion and North could have had something similar in that third quarter but there was just nothing doing for them in terms of actual 
translating pressure onto the scoreboard. So the stat was ridiculous. It was 18 inside 50s to two, but they only got two behinds from that level of dominance in the third quarter. So, um, yeah, I can imagine it's uh, a bit of a sombre feeling at Arden Street at the moment. But like you said, the furthest they've ever gone in a season. So you would hope that they'll be better for the experience, can keep the team together because, as we've spoken about a fair bit, they did get hit pretty hard by expansion this time around but managed to get it together really quickly this season and ultimately I reckon their season's a success overall even though they'll absolutely be gutted that they haven't you know, made it to that last game of the season. I think once they maybe um, take a step back and lose all of the really raw emotion about the like loss in the immediate aftermath, I reckon they'll be really stoked with uh, the progress they've made and where they've kind of ended up. So um, it should be all good for North come next season. But like I said, we've had these two prelims, which obviously means we have a grand final to talk about. So let us preview the grand final, our second grand final of the year. It is Brisbane and Melbourne at Brighton Homes Arena in Ipswich, which I learnt was like half an hour from Brisbane. I don't know why. Obviously, I've never looked at a map of Queensland. I thought Ipswich was like really far away from Brisbane. So that was a fun thing to learn for me. Uh, 2.40 p.m. We are, aren't we? Springfield. Yes, we're in Springfield. Um, so the Simpsons memes have been going off everywhere, which uh, has been good fun on Twitter and Maybe. social media. <laughs> um, 2.40pm Australian Eastern Daylight Time on Sunday, Arvo. Um, these two teams will battle it out. Um, like I said a little bit earlier, uh, the D's beat the Lions in last year's prelim by four points, but earlier this year the Lions beat the D's by 15 in round four. So um, this seems to be a very even matching. If we really want to talk about even matching, both had nine and one records for the season. As we spoke about at the time, they were only separated by 0.3% on the ladder, and that's ultimately who decided who was first and who was second. So how do you split these teams? What how How is one side going to beat the other, if that makes sense? I do not know how we separate these sides. I genuinely don't. I I just have a feeling that Brisbane are going to come through, but I I can't explain why. I think they've in all of our podcasts so far this season, um, we have talked about the depth in both these sides. That seems like an obvious thing, but... Um, I think it will come down to accuracy in front of goals, um, which is something that both teams are very good at. But I think in some of the big games that we've seen, um, that's what it's come down to because obviously you can play as well as you want, but if you don't get on the scoreboard, then you're not going to win. And so I think that's where they'll need to focus because they're not going to be able to wrestle each other out in the midfield um, in defence. So it's going to be about once they get it down there, Um, who actually gets it between the sticks. And just quietly, I'm very happy that we get to see Brisbane play again this week because Dakota Davidson's performances when she kicks a goal are hilarious. (laughs) Um, But, I mean, I think personally we're going to see a pretty high-scoring game. Um, As I said, though, their defence is both so strong um, that... Yeah, it could it could go either way, really. I, I can't even I don't know how to separate them because we don't we don't have any 
serious injuries now that Taylor's been cleared to play. We don't have any serious injuries. They've both got the finals experience. They've both got the hunger to win. They've both got the fairy tale stories underlying it. So um, they and I wouldn't even say that Brizzy have a home ground advantage because they've never played on there either. So um, I, I don't know really any factors that would would influence it one way or the other. I suppose the only thing is that Brizzy don't have to travel as far. They still have to get in the car and go to Ipswich. But it's that that would be the only thing, um, and that they've had a bit more of a rest than Melbourne in the last in the last couple of weeks. So. Um, yeah, I don't know how we separate it. What do you think? Honestly, I feel very similarly because I think the thing that we've been really confident about all season is that, oh, I think it's going to be Melbourne and Brisbane. I think it's going to be Melbourne and Brisbane. And that was obvious, but then obviously you need to go that step further and further and then separate those two rather than just separating the two of them from the rest of the competition, if that makes sense. So now that we're actually at the bit where we have to separate those two, I'm like... I didn't think this far ahead, to be honest with you. I was just tipping who would make the grand final, not who would win the grand final. Um, tipping who will win is above my pay grade, honestly. So I don't know how we separate them because, as you said, they both have really obvious strengths and strengths that neither of them seem to dominate. So, like, if you want to talk about midfields, like you said, they've both got elite midfields like if you want to talk about just depth numbers all of that they're very evenly matched defense wise it's it's a similar situation you know that they've got those really strong leaders at the back they've got those players that can rebound uh off half back there's just a lot to like defensively and then up top you've got so many players we talk a lot about I suppose the depth of Brisbane's forward line but then you've got a really really strong um Ford cohort for the D's as well and you think about players like you know Dakota Davidson loves a celebration will absolutely be lapping up finals but then you think about someone like Alyssa Bannon who just seems to turn it on on the big moments and what moment is bigger than this so um like currently so we're recording on a Monday my only thought is that Throughout the season, I have subjectively been more frightened of Brisbane and what they can do, and that's the only way I can separate them right now. It's not based on any numbers or logic or facts. It's simply the vibe that I was more scared of Brisbane than I was of Melbourne. Um, But we'll see how long that holds out. I have a feeling I'm going to be flip-flopping between the two throughout the week, but... um, I just think, in, yeah, in terms of like for the neutral and the contest, I think it's going to be a phenomenal game, but I really struggle to separate them at this point in time, to be honest. But obviously there's there's never just footy chat, unfortunately, with the AFLW. So we've reignited the venue chat for the grand final. We spoke a little bit about it in our weekly uh, roundtable, which you can read on ESPN.com.au. When speaking about where this game should be played, most of us suggested Marvel because it seemed like there was no other option in Queensland. So the Lions training ground seemed a little bit uh, not an option, to be honest. So the fact it was then selected was a little bit left field. Um, The girls haven't trained on it uh, yet because it's newly refurbished the turf has just been laid but apparently any safety concerns have been uh given the okay so 
Um, it's an interesting choice. I think it seats or the capacity is about eight to 10,000. Um, so I suppose quick thoughts and feelings about Ipswich getting the go-ahead for the grand final. Talk about being a broken record, but I, yeah, I personally think, and I know that this is really contentious amongst everyone's got different opinions. Um, I understand that the it's traditional for the team that finished highest on the ladder to get the home ground rights. I just think, though, it's barely been their home ground. Like, it, it hasn't been their home ground the whole season. And I understand that they want to have it in their home state and there's no other options, so that's why they're doing it. But I also think um, it could wildly disadvantage them too because they don't know the ground. They, like, the turf. I just think I really, really hope that it's not a disaster waiting to happen and that they realise the ground isn't right and someone hurts themselves or, you know, like it's all of those sort of things that we know with the women's competition that we see ACLs when the ground's too hard, we see all these things, and it just makes me feel a bit sick that they haven't properly tested it. I know they said they've done all of the tests and it's all good to go, but I just feel like you'd need to at least have played one game on there um, to know how it is, even if it's just to troubleshoot it, just so we know it's going to go smoothly. And I think the argument with Marvel is we've had we've had quite a few games there this season people know how to play on it um it's next to the headquarters of the league so I mean it does make sense and I don't think that it would be unfair again two Victorians are saying this but I don't think it would be unfair for the league to just put their foot down and say look it's a we don't want to use the word unprecedented that triggers us all in Melbourne but it is an unprecedented season. They moved it forward. That's why none of the grounds were available and none of them were booked. I feel like they could just put their foot down and say, we're using Marvel. We're really sorry. Um, everyone's going to be able to get there that wants to, with as many people that can fit in as possible. The AFL owns it, so I know that they they still have to fork out some money for it. But um it's a very different, I mean, they have to pay to get all of their staff and everyone up to Queensland. So, like, I don't know how much of how much of that really affects it. Um, I, I just think that it might be playing with fire. And then it's the capacity as well. If we're trying to grow, the average attendance for a grand final in AFLW is about 20,000. And this is far less than that. So how do we... I mean, yes, they'll fill out the stadium and that's a good look for the game, but it's really not about that. It's about, it's also about thanking fans for their support and letting them be part of it. And I I just don't think that the way that they've gone about it is, um, is correct, in my opinion. Rant over. We love the rant. I had my... Uh big old rant with the the punt road situation so I'm happy for you to have the rant uh here today but um yeah I suppose my issue with it because the ideal scenario was that Brisbane get to play somewhere in Queensland so there's the satisfaction of that being ticked off um but yeah we're on schedule for our smallest grand final attendance since uh, the Dogs won in 2018 and 
that was at uh, Princess Park on what can only be described as a wet and wild day in Melbourne, which had a, a big influence on the crowd uh, ultimately for that game. So it just, yeah, it, every time a, a small venue is selected, it really feels like it's a direct contradiction of the league's whole ethos of growing the women's game and letting people attend it who want to and showing, you know, potential commercial partners, investors, fans, future players, future administrators, all of that stuff that this is a league worth investing in and growing and that it has that potential, I suppose, um, where this kind of just feels a little bit um, like it's limiting and capping what could potentially be done. But, um, yeah, I think I'm kind of resigned to it because it seems like the the lesser of two evils in a weird kind of way. But if we're having this conversation again next season, and I, I said this in our roundtable, I'm like, if we're here shocked that the, the Gabba or Adelaide Oval or whatever it is is booked in November for cricket... I will be cracking a big tantrum because we cannot use that as an excuse two seasons in a row. That's absolute nonsense. Um, obviously, I think, you know, the atmosphere is going to be good because I'm working to the assumption that the place is completely full and it's always a good vibe when these small intimate venues are full. It's just um, I don't think any of us wanted small and intimate for the grand final. We wanted big and booming. So um, it's a bit unfortunate, but... Um, to wrap up grand final chat, just one word, who's winning, Melbourne or Brisbane? Oh. I know we literally just agonised, but we got to do it. Brisbane. <laughs> I agree, Brisbane. But um, obviously the grand final week festivities are not just centred on the grand final. We have the W Awards coming up, which will be very, very exciting. We'll have a whole host of awards uh awarded i'm really <laughs> good at the english language here um but obviously the big one is the bnf and we have spoken about it a lot during the season because at several points throughout the year players have really made their mark and made themselves almost you know impossible to ignore but i think between the three of us we have uh, flipped and flopped as to who the actual favourite for the BNF is. So now a day out from the actual awarding of the league's best and fairest, who do you think will be getting the top gong? I just can't get past Jazz Garner, which I know I know seems obvious because she won the Champion Player Coaches Award. But it, that was, well, actually in the end, it was about nine points the difference between her and Mon Conti. But for most of the season it was pretty neck and neck I would love to see Mon win the BNF just because she's won three three or four of the Tigers best and fairest and I think she really deserves to be recognized at that level because she certainly has been the best player in the league at points um in my opinion so I think it's almost a historic thing where I feel like she needs to win it at some point. But I do think that Jazz Garner deserves it this year. Her stats are out of control. She's had the best year she's ever had, which is saying something because she always has a good year. Um, and I just think she's been so strong and she's a team player. And, yes, she's the best. She's also the fairest. I 
I just think that um, that we'll see Jazz win. What do you think? I was struggling to split a few players and honestly it was Conti and Garner in my head and then the little kind of angel on my shoulder was like, but what about if they both win? What about if we have joint winners again? So my kooky prediction is Conti Garner double billing, best and yeah. fairest joint winners. So um, because it, it's also the best, like the easiest cop-out prediction where I'm like, I like both of these players, so Two let them one. both win. <laughs> Um, but honestly, like exactly like you said, both of them have been absolutely phenomenal uh, this year, have always ranked highly in every single kind of award that has been uh, polling throughout the season. We've mentioned them a bunch of times on this pod. So it wouldn't, like genuinely, it wouldn't surprise me if they could not be split because they've both been absolutely phenomenal and really do take um centre stage they really take the spotlight for their respective teams not to say that uh North or Richmond are one player teams but they're just that good that they make sure that you can't ignore them and they really are centre stage so um it's going to be interesting to see um who eventually gets the gong and like we said there's there's all the other awards as well we'll have the All-Australian team as well so Plenty to look forward to in this week leading up to the grand final. There's going to be a heap of content over on ESPN.com.au. So highly recommend, very biased recommendation, checking it all out. We'll have stuff, obviously, pre and post grand final. We'll have our last episode of the season post grand final, but we cannot wait. It's been a phenomenal season and we can't wait to wrap it up with hopefully a absolutely fabulous grand final. So we will see you all then. Don't miss another episode of the ESPN Footy Pod by subscribing wherever you stream your podcasts.